0: In the mental health field, too often, we've made it seem as if it's just in your head. Just in your head. If
1: the landlord can hijack the rent by 20%. That impacts people's mental health. We
0: can't have a profit-driven mental health care system if we want our people to be connected and healthy.
1: Hello, everybody. So today, it is raining very heavily in Santa Barbara, California, where I live, which is very rare. And I've been thinking about doing this for a while. Harriet gave me the thumbs up to try it out. I'm going to try this out today. It is going to be a real mindfulness meditation with a Marxist spin. And you'll kind of see what I mean by that when we get into it. So, so get yourself into a comfortable position. You can be sitting or laying. doesn't really matter. So we're going to begin with what is usually expected in a meditation, which is just to focus on the breath for a few moments. So deep breath in. Notice the out breath. Just notice the sensations in your body as you're breathing. It's usually sensations inside the nostrils, in your chest area. If you're breathing from your belly, notice the expansion of your belly and of your diaphragm and as you exhale you notice a bit of a relief so you can do three deep breaths with me to try to get yourself relaxed and grounded Okay, now maybe do a couple shoulder rolls. Roll your shoulders back. Just get yourself a little bit more situated and relaxed. Okay, now we're going to begin the more thorough portion of the meditation as what's called a body scan. If you're not familiar with a body scan, all it is is you... Scan your body, your body sensations, usually starting from the top of the head down to the bottom of your feet. Other times it's the other way around. And if you've never done this kind of meditation, I do recommend looking it up and doing a more traditional body scan meditation. If you have the discipline to do it for between 5 to 20 minutes per day, your quality of life will probably be enormously increased. So I do recommend that. For this meditation, we are going to do something a little bit different. So I am going to lead you into the body scan, but we're going to focus on something a bit different than just the bodily sensations as we go. So let's start with the tops of our heads. So just put all your focus, as much as you can, and try not to judge yourself if it's hard to focus. It often is hard to focus on one thing. Try to just focus on the top of your head. Find a point that you think is the very top, the very peak and center of your head. Just throw all your focus into that. Notice any sensation you can feel there. If you don't feel anything, that's okay as well. Just notice the lack of sensation you feel. And kind of expand this awareness if it was maybe the point of a pen previously. Expand it to maybe a quarter or a nickel. And try to expand that to your entire scalp so you can just feel any sensation that's on your scalp, on the top of your head. You might have to just quiet the mind and relax a bit to be able to really notice what's going on. You might feel tingling, Warmth, coolness, some sort of pulsation feeling. its usually something there, and if you can't access that, that's fine as well. Try to stay with whatever sensations are present on the top of your head. Now, try to notice the sensations of your hair for a moment, which might be difficult. I'm not sure if it's possible in terms of physics, but just see what happens. Try to notice the sensations of your actual hair. Okay, well, I know I was, I was able to notice maybe where my hair was touching my skin. Now we're going to move into something a bit different. Your hair may be freshly clean out of the shower. It may be a few days not washed. That's fine. Let's not judge ourselves for whatever the quality of our hair's cleanliness is. But at some point recently, you probably used some kind of shampoo to wash your hair. So in this moment, I want you to try to imagine the shampoo making contact with your hair. And that nice feeling that you get when you're kind of lathering the, the shampoo through your hair it tends to be a pretty pleasant sensation. Try to conjure up any smells or scents that come from the process of lathering your hair in the shampoo. And now try to imagine the shampoo itself. What is the shampoo? And this is not an abstract philosophical question. This is an actual kind of material question. What is the shampoo made of? Don't don't get up and go find your shampoo bottle and read the ingredients. Just see what comes to mind. shampoo may be a fully organic shampoo with ingredients that come from totally quote unquote natural resources I don't know, coconut or um, certain fruits or spices or something like that it may be made of fully synthetic chemicals that are made in a laboratory somewhere through a series of chemical processes. Now, when we think of the shampoo bottle, what is the shampoo bottle physically made of? Chances are the shampoo bottle is made of plastic. Maybe it's made of something else, but it's unlikely. As you imagine, the shampoo bottle itself It's sitting somewhere in your bathroom, in your shower. Try to imagine its shape and ask yourself how it was made into that shape. Did an individual person Shape the bottle with their bare hands? Do you think the bottle was mass manufactured within a factory somewhere? If it was mass manufactured in a factory, do you think that people shaped the plastic into its form? Do you think there was some sort of pre made mold that a machine was programmed to produce within that factory? Now, within these three different considerations, organic ingredients within the shampoo, synthetic ingredients within the shampoo, and the production processes involved just in making the plastic container of the shampoo, I want you to now imagine people involved in the production of these physical things. if the products within the shampoo are organic meaning they are not synthetic chemicals, they are derived from something organic within the natural environment that was not raised with pesticides or and, and presumably the soil is, is relatively healthy for whatever was growing from the soil try to imagine the people involved in harvesting the raw ingredients for the shampoo if there's coconut involved, for example. How did the coconut go from being a coconut on a tree to a lathery, nice-smelling product inside of a bottle? This may seem like a silly question, but do you know the person who either climbed up that tree to get the coconut used a machine to harvest the coconuts from the trees? I don't know anyone who produced anything within the shampoo in my bathroom. I do know people were involved. Now for synthetic chemicals, who are the people who... Run the production lines within the chemical plants that produce the chemicals in the shampoo bottle that smell so good and help our hair go from dirty to clean when we're taking a shower. How many people does it take to take some sort of raw material? whatever it is, and convert that through chemical processes into the specific ingredients that go into our shampoo bottles. Also, ground yourself in the question of whether anyone within the production line of creating those chemicals for the shampoo, whether they know where the chemicals are going to go. Do we think that the people that are producing the chemicals going into the shampoo bottles know that they're being exported to a shampoo-making plant, or are they just producing chemicals with random names to be shipped off somewhere, to be sold to a variety of different buyers and distributors? Bring your attention back to the top of your head, the whole area of the scalp, roughly the top half of your head. And if you have short hair that covers the top half or so of your head, the back of your head, just notice any sensations associated with your hair. If you have long hair that runs down past your shoulders or to your back, down the sides of your head, just notice the sensations associated with your hair as your hair touches your skin. Take a couple of deep breaths and try to remember, although it is very difficult to imagine and to know the precise details in relation to this, but that there were likely dozens, if not hundreds, if not thousands of people who work very hard to make sure that you have shampoo which you use to wash your hair. In some cases machines have taken the jobs of the people who would have been making the shampoo bottles or the synthetic chemicals or harvesting the natural raw ingredients that go into the shampoo. And let's ask ourselves another question. In the case where machines and robots have taken away jobs from people who made us the shampoo? Do the people who once made the shampoo themselves, do they own these machines and the automation processes or the computer coding itself that does some of the automation within entirely robotized in automated factories? Or does someone else own all of these mechanized objects and processes? And what happens to the workers when someone finds a faster, more efficient way to make us our shampoo What happens to the workers when they lose their jobs? Now come back to the sensations on your head, the sensations of your hair touching the skin of your body. And just breathe. Try to stay relaxed. This may seem like an abstract, imaginative exercise, but from the point of your shampoo being produced and even going further back to the extraction of the raw materials, to the shipment into the places where the shampoo is being processed and produced in the many ways that it is, and the liquid itself is being placed into plastic bottles, the production of the bottles themselves, going back to the extraction of the fossil fuels that was then shaped into the plastic that made the bottles, the transportation lines from where the production of these commodities is made into the store or stores where you go to get your shampoo. These are not abstract concepts. These are parts of the reality in which we find ourselves simply from shampooing our hair every day or however often it is that you wash your hair. Notice any emotions that have arisen through this experience there may be a sense of confusion or frustration because it is, in fact, impossible to know exactly who was involved in the numerous processes just to get the shampoo into your bathroom. There may be one person who you purchased the shampoo from at a store nearby where you live, Do you know this person personally? Do you know their name? Do you know how long they've worked at that store? Do you know how much they're paid by their boss? Do they have any real relationship to the bottle of shampoo? Do they know what ingredients are inside of it or where those ingredients came from? Or anything about the distribution and supply lines that that get the shampoo to go from where it was to the store where they're selling it to It would make sense that we might feel some confusion or frustration about this process because there's so much we don't know about the shampoo. And as you may have guessed, we could continue doing a body scan and, and looking at where our clothes come from or nail polish on our nails or any number, um, a belt buckle on our pants. But we're, we're just, for, for today, we're just gonna stick to the top of our head, our hair, and the shampoo. So confusion and frustration would make sense. Maybe even be some sadness, some grief, uh, even a sense for some people of emptiness Knowing that they do not know, and probably cannot know, the answer to these questions, who was involved in the process, how much were the workers paid, in which countries, what, what were the working conditions, what labor laws, what environmental regulations are or are not in place in order to get the materials that made the shampoo. It's sad that we don't know the answers to these questions. And if we really try very hard to find the answers to these questions, we probably will hit a lot of dead ends in our research. So confusion, frustration, sadness are to be expected. Maybe even some anger toward the system that has created such great distance between ourselves and the Workers that make the things that we need and that alienate us from the processes of production as well as possibly create a kind of meaningless, pointless sense to the whole thing in that it seems almost impossible to feel gratitude for the work that's done that goes into... Giving us shampoo because we know so little about what has gone on within this process. We might feel anger toward whoever has made any number of decisions that control our lives in regard to just the production of and the sale of the shampoo. We've got potentially some confusion, some frustration some sadness, some grief, some anger. And of course, for some, the emotions of guilt and shame may have emerged through this meditation, feeling as if I have done something wrong through my purchase of shampoo, that I didn't do better to try to find out if the ingredients are harming the environment, if the working conditions are harming the workers who were involved in the production processes, If I was complicit in purchasing from a company that fired all of its workers and replaced them with robots, I might feel a sense of guilt. I have been complicit in unethical, exploitative, and extractive, and unsustainable uh, practices within the, the business and corporate capitalist world. I might spiral into a bit of shame and think, well, there must be something wrong with me to be engaging in this kind of activity. There must be something wrong with me. I must be a bad person. And sometimes with shame, what we want to do is hide. We say, well, I'll hide from the shampoo. I'll use it when I'm in the shower, but I'll dissociate from the experience. I don't want to think about where it came from. I don't want to think about the bottle being shaped through machines from fossil fuel extraction and all the labor exploitation that went into getting me my shampoo. I'm going to hide from the shame. I do not want to feel ashamed of myself. I deserve to feel good. And all of that is true. All of us deserve to feel good and to feel whole. And as a reminder, Everything we've reviewed with just the the item called shampoo in the shower, this simple, usually overlooked item that that just, you know, cleans our hair, maybe makes us smell better than we did before. It is a physical object which is intimately tied to global extractive and exploitive Processes, just like every other commodity within our homes, every piece of clothing that we are currently wearing. Try to take a few deep breaths. Just notice anything you're experiencing internally from engaging in this exercise. Try to notice the thoughts that are, might be running wild through your mind. Or if you have a quiet mind, just notice that as well. And we're going to end with one final scan just at the top of the head. Going back to the very top of the head, like a pencil point, the very top. Notice any sensations you feel. Expand that pencil point to a nickel or a quarter, a slightly larger area. Now expand to the whole scalp and just your entire head. Any sensation within your head you can feel, tingling, warmth, coolness, pressure, any sensation. Try to label the sensation with a word that describes the sensation. Breathe into the sensations in your head. And remember, it's not just in your head. (laughs) Uh, That was corny. All right, everybody, thanks for entertaining this. Um, Please send any feedback you had about this meditation. It's been kind of rolling around in my head for a while of trying to um, root some meditative practices into the material world that explores some of the uh, labor and extractive processes that go along with um, basically everything in our lives. There's a lot of different ways this could be applied I was thinking of potentially making a meditation series in this regard. Um, so any feedback on this would be welcome. You can email us at itsnotjustinyourhead@gmail.com. at gmail.com. And thank you so much. By the way, listeners, if you have enjoyed anything you've heard Harriet say in this program, you will definitely enjoy Capitalism Hits Home, which is a solo program that Harriet does through Democracy at Work, which is a worker-owned cooperative that produces other great programs such as Economic Update with Richard Wolff and the Anti-Capitalist Chronicles with David Harvey. I can't recommend enough that everyone also listen to Capitalism Hits Home if you enjoy It's Not Just in Your Head.
0: Capitalism Hits Home is a sort of broader Overhead view. It explores the way that capitalism shapes our personal lives, our psyches, our relationships, our families, and it looks particularly at the sea change in American personal life as all Americans, but the top 10 or 20% of Americans, have our security and our chance for a future become as precarious as it always was for minorities and families headed by women. It's not just in your head, and Capitalism Hits Home are definitely complimentary.
1: And if listeners would like to check out Capitalism Hits Home, Harriet, where should they go to find it?
0: Either on YouTube or Democracy at Work or on my own website, HarrietFraud.com.